The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Wrestling Inc.'s Monday Night Raw coverage, May 1st. No Glib Rubenstein. I'm Dennis Furrow alongside Matt Morgan and Raj Gary. What's going on, guys? And Glenn, I know you're watching this. That was a silent cheer from the millions and millions of non-Glenn fans out there cheering that you're not on tonight. <laughs> and, and they're going to tell you tomorrow that nobody saw you sta- uh, sitting at Rampside either with the Matt Morgan likes me uh, uh, sign above your head. <laughs> so, yeah, Glenn is at the SmackDown Live event tonight, and he'll be at the taping tomorrow night. Which nobody will still care about. Yeah, well, probably not. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Glenn. <laughs> so overall tonight, uh, what was your thoughts on tonight's Raw? Go ahead, Rush. Uh, I was pretty bored until the end, and I thought the main event was fantastic. I thought that main event, that match was awesome. And so like that, that made the show for me. I heard that in Alexa Bliss's promo at the beginning. I thought both those things were the highlights, and the rest was just, just there. Alexa Bliss murdered tonight. I was sitting there watching it with my wife, and she's like, that girl, do you know who she is? And I'm like, yeah, Alexa Bliss. And she's like, no, she's the very first um, Arnold bikini competitor uh, comp- uh, competition winner. I guess she's the first teenager to ever win the Arnold Classic bikini division. I didn't know that. No, really? She became a wrestler. I, I didn't know that. And uh, I was like, well, she's like four foot nothing. Yeah, my, my wife was saying, I'm like, yeah, but listen to her talk. It's a difference of she makes herself bigger and presented as like a bigger star with how comfortable she is on that mic. I mean, she just looks so smooth out there, you know? I think, I, I think she's the most comfortable woman in the division by far on the mic. By far. You yeah. know, every, every time I'm on with you guys, I, I always say this: she's the only one that can, that really projects herself to be the champ. She may be the smallest one, but she's the only one I can buy right now as a legitimate champion in that whole women's division. Yeah, if you're not watching the show, let's say, and you're clicking through the channels and you stop, it's, it, people are going to stop and go, well, hang on, that's a women's champion? How is that possible? That looks like a little girl. I should be trick-or-treating still. But that said, that's how – got to stay and watch her, and you'll see it for yourself, how good she is in that ring, how great her timing is, her facials, her body language is down pat. But really, again, it's, it's, it's her ability to storytell, whether it's on the microphone or through her matches. She's just on a whole different level. She's not on a different level from Charlotte, though. Let's not get out of control here. Right. Um, but she's good. Yeah, Charlotte Charlotte overall, I think, is, is uh, yes. far more of the, the presence. She's got the size, the just uh, the natural ability. Uh, but I think the, the, the way that uh, Alexa carries herself is different. Just way more confident. Doesn't look like she's nervous at all. Charlotte, you know, will get flustered once in a while with the fans. It's true. But, yeah, they're the two best by far. And she had the line of the night when she was thinking everybody up on the pedestal and she got oh. the Mickey James and, and <laughs> set, you know, fabulous Mula and May Young line. I, I lost it. That right there might have been the line of the night. That was Mickey, you, you could tell Mickey didn't know that was coming because off, can't, off, of, off microphone you can hear her say, uh, did you think of that one yourself, really? You know, so you could tell that she, she, that she, Mickey did not know that one was coming. She knew something was coming, but not that. <laughs> and let's be that, real, that, she's not on their level. Come on, dude. She's a five-time champion, and she still can hang with these girls, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, she was out there with uh, Fox, Nia Jax, Emma, Sasha Banks, Mickey James, Bailey, uh, Dana Brooke. They were all out there where they basically coordinators – as the Raw Women's Champion, I believe she said it was the death of the queen and the, was it the beginning of a goddess now? So that was pretty clever, too. I don't like the goddess thing. It doesn't, eh. I don't know why it doesn't fit for me. It just doesn't fit for me. And, and Emma and uh, Emma Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke had nothing to do, really, in that opening segment. 
They were just they were just kind of standing around. And except Mickey James, Mickey James, except to get that that insult. Except for Dana Brooke to sit there with like sinister, I'm a heel, so I should smile sinisterly during this heel promo and kind of agree with her at times. <laughs> That's what she was doing. She was like, like all she was missing doing was like rubbing her hands together, like <laughs> type crap. <laughs> And, you know, they had this amazing buildup to this brawl. And as soon as that brawl started, they hit a commercial break and just totally took me out of it. That it, that was the worst place commercial break of the whole show, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I fast forwarded through that. And uh, I, I was actually impressed that girls got 30 minutes. They got the first 30 minutes of Raw. I was pretty impressed with that, though. Uh, very happy with that. I like it to an extent, except the problem I thought is when you get these multi-person matches, it makes it seem less and less. You, you know what I mean? I would have rather had Alexa Bliss being a one-on-one match um, because it just makes it seem more important. I felt like the first 45 minutes of the show just felt like nothing's really happening. Yeah, but you got to save some of those one-on-one match. Well, no, they could have given her any of those. Any Emma, anybody. Broke, Emma, that's true. Yeah. But I did like that you they know, had uh, that they did have her win because you know all the times they do that where someone wins a title and just loses the next night on Raw. I hate that. So yeah, so I thought that that was great that they at least gave her some momentum, kind of built on her title win, and just kept kept that push going. Yeah, and not to harp on this too much, I had three takeaways from this opening segment in the match. Uh, Dana Brooke had a couple nice little spots here, and she looked very well protected in the eight woman tag. And I absolutely love the fact that, uh, what was it? Uh, it was yelling, I'm trying, oh, Alicia Fox, where it's like, come on, get over here. And you could hear her go, I try it. I really thought that was pretty entertaining. It almost <laughs> felt like you were kind of, you got a little bit of that backstage inside baseball feel there. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't really notice that. But and at the end, or I wouldn't say at the end, but at the beginning of the segment, kind of even in the middle of the match, this Bailey kind of looking crying thing, that it's killing it for me. You know, it looked like she was on the brink of tears. I get it's heartbreaking, but it was a clean win. And I just, oh, she should be upset though. That, those, that looked authentic to me. No, that didn't look like a work to me at all. I, I hate like she when, was legit trying to hold it back. Yeah, I hate when people lose the titles and they act like it's no big deal. It sh- it sh- they should be upset. When they win, they should be happy. It should be it should be something, you know, important. It, it, it might sound cheesy, guys, but for her, I've always bought into she really does this for the fans. Like, she really buys into I'm out there representing all these young girls out there, and I disappointed them. Even though Creative wrote, this, wrote the story this way for me to drop the title, I still feel I, I disappointed these some of these people out there, and this really sucks. Like, I got all of that. Those were like from, from those tears. Those were legit. That she was trying to hold them back. She could have turned it on if she wanted to, and you could tell she was trying to legit hold it back, like it wasn't supposed to really happen. Do you know what I mean? And, and I, I, I and, respect that. And Alexa rubbing in her whole family being there. I thought it was. I mean, it was turning. I felt like it was turning fans back on Bailey's side when they've been turning against her. Yes. Over the last you know month or two, so. Yep. I think I think this feud can really rehab her. I, I don't know if Bailey was the one to pin tonight. Like, um, you know, there's anyone else they could have done it with. They could have pinned Alicia Fox or Dana Brooke. But, um, but I think I think they this could rehab her for sure. Yep. Other than that, uh, the only other takeaway from this match for me was the uh, Mickey James jumping off the top rope. Did that look awkward? to You guys almost almost like a dead fish flopping through the air at the end. Did you guys hey, not guys, see that start, either? It's starting to rain outside. I'm going to hang up and come right back, okay? All right. Uh, again, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was uh, a big deal. I, it, that just caught, it, that caught my eye. I, I was kind of weird that way. But other than that, that was the opening segment to Monday Night Raw. I like how they're giving the women the uh, spotlight. I thought that was great. That division keeps growing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, Again, the the thing they've done forever is putting the women in multi-person matches. Uh, They did it here tonight, but they did give them a long promo, and and I thought Alexa, you know, nailed it out of the park. Enzo Amore and Big Cash come out. Uh, They're starting to cut a promo. Suddenly they were tacked from behind by Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. I I like this. It was a good little setup. We get a one-on-one match. 
What what do you think of this opening segment, Raj? I thought it was a waste of time. It was just fifty fifty booking. You just you did the same match yesterday, but changed. Yesterday it was Enzo pinning Gallows. You know, tonight it was Gallows pinning Enzo, and it just it was just a way to kill fifteen minutes. I'm absolutely with you. The it seems like we've seen the same thing week in and week out, and there's not there's not a lot of moving parts to this division. There's not a lot of uh, it, it's the same four dancers every week, and I really wish we'd stop seeing you know one on ones and two on all this stuff. Just do something different. And you don't have to build every single match every single week. So if if Enzo and Cass are in a feud with um, with uh, Gallows and Anderson, they don't have to be involved every single week. You could have Enzo face get killed by Samoa Joe tonight or you know big Cass against uh, uh, you, you know somebody and mix it up. It doesn't always have to be the same participants in the same uh, you know variations every week until the pay-per-view and then you start mixing it up. So. Just give them a mic, let them go out there, talk for a little bit. None of them are in, even, even in a title picture right now. So they could just do backstage segments or interviews, and it would just be as effective. Yeah. Matt, we, we, any, any thoughts on Enzo and Cass? Same old crap. <laughs> that's uh, Same that's old crap. Yeah, nothing, nothing spectacular. I like that they got jumped from behind, but I don't like that the guys who jumped up from behind still got beat up somehow and thrown out of the ring. <laughs> it's the same thing that happens to them every week. You cannot jump. Listen to me. You cannot get jumped from behind and somehow turn the tables. It is almost impossible in real life. If you somebody comes behind you, bombs you behind your head, you're on the ground for a good minute there. You know, you're not getting up and doing spots and having dudes chase you and you drop, you know, do a low bridge and they go flying over the top rope like Mickey, like, you know, some cartoon. It's ridiculous. Don't even do it. If you're not going to give them their opportunity to get steam on them, then don't do it at all. Don't let them come out there. You know, you know, so what I was saying, Matt, earlier is just because uh, Enzo and Cass are in, in, in a feud with uh, Gallows and Anderson, it doesn't mean that they have to be involved with each other each and every week. You know, you like you right. could have done a match with Enzo, and I, the, the example I brought up is you could have had Enzo get killed by Samoa Joe tonight, or you know something else. Just mix them up so they're not yeah. constantly. It feels like you're seeing the same thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you know, I, I think this is where the WWE misses the enhancement talent, guys. I really love the old '80s, where you know what you put Enzo in with with one of those guys and you know, he's going to win, but it still tells a story. But it's not even that. that you have so many guys on the roster. You could have big cast against the Miz. You could really mix it up and have some fresh matches while moving some other storylines forward. Not every single storyline because the storylines they move forward aren't really moving forward. They're just trading wins and losses and, and that doesn't do anything. So why not mix up the matches a little bit and then, Tell the stories more. You could do more backstage segments, find other ways to tell it, as opposed to just keeping these guys wrestling each other and just constantly being in the same segments week in and week out. I mean, again, you know, it was the Hardys and Sheamus and Cesaro again tonight. It's four weeks in a row. Anyway. Overkill. Uh, let's move on. TJ Perkins approaches Neville backstage and basically questions Neville, you know, basically almost chickening out. Last night, Neville throws it back on the ref, calls it uh, unprofessionalism, says he's out of place, and then tells TJ Perkins it's time that he carries his own weight. <laughs> he gets Austin Aries tonight. I thought this was a nice little backstage segment. wasn't enough to save the show or, or do anything, but it was a different way to tell the story about the Neville-Austin Aries uh, rivalry that we're seeing. Okay. I like pretty. I, I like I like pretty much anything that uh, uh, Neville does. So, same 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 here. This was good. We gave him more time tonight. Um, we'll get to the cruiserweight mix match mix match tag, but uh, you know, I thought this was good. Like you said, anything he touches, I like. It's it's generally entertaining. Now we get a segment that I thought should have been a lot better. Uh, to me, it kind of dragged on. Seth Rollins comes out and says he's done away with Triple H and Samoa Joe. 
Now he wants the beast. Brock Lesnar, out comes Finn Balor. I was really excited when it was just these two guys. I thought, wow, this is going to be cool. And then out comes, what is it, Dean Ambrose. And then I thought, oh, here we go. It's only a matter of seconds before The Miz comes out. And boom, out comes The Miz. Good. What was that? If Dean Ambrose is out there, the Miz definitely should be out there because I'm right. Ambrose for me kills everything right now. There's something about him I just don't feel. Miz Miz dominated this promo, but the problem I had with it was when Seth Rollins and Finn Balor were out there, it felt like something big was happening with the world title. You know what I meant? And then it died down to the Intercontinental title level. And uh, that's the one thing I didn't like. I thought Miz was great in this segment. I thought he. Promo-wise, I thought he blew everybody in this segment away. Of course he did. But uh, it, it, it seemed like we were seeing some movement at, for the world title, and then it, it kind of slipped away. We were what? Seeing what? Seeing movement for what's going to happen with Lesnar and the world title and moving in that direction. And then it just, you know. Well, what, what, what was supposed to happen? Those two go at it one-on-one just for free on Raw tonight, and then the winner gets Brock? No, you, 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 build, you build Finn and Seth until the next pay-per-view. And have that, the winner of that get Brock. When is that? The next pay-per-view, June. And Brock is on it? No, Brock is July. So you could do the number one contender in June yeah, and then go for Brock. I mean, right now, it's supposed to be Brock and Braun for, for July. But I think you could hold Brock and Braun off until SummerSlam with uh, the job that they've done with them. And you could have done Finn and, and Seth. And, and the winner gets Brock, and you know Brock's going to win, but at least you got a, a nice filler pay per view. Here's the downside of that: you're not going to get Braun Strowman any higher than he is as far as who he's beat up recently. Do you know what I mean? He's beaten up the Golden Child. Yeah, I mean you could send you could you could just have him destroy Dean Ambrose too, and just give him another name. But I, I mean, you're true. There's no. There's really no one else because it, it, Roman is at the John top Cena. of the top of the chain. Yeah, but it's, Cena, you know, yeah, Cena's gone all summer. Akin, but yes, to, that to me, I'm saying it's akin to beating John Cena's ass. Like like when AJ came in and kept beating uh, Cena, it's similar to that in, in that regard for me. Like this is a this is this is their guy, and they're pulling out all the stops. Like I was very surprised by last night's pin. Whether that dude was hurt or not, I still was surprised by it. And it says a lot what they think of Strowman. Yeah, and it looks like they're doing Strowman versus Reigns at the next pay-per-view again in an ambulance match. Interesting. Uh, uh, are, are you happy with that, Matt? No, well, I, I, I don't want to see Reigns get his steam back on, on – on, I don't know how to get out of this, I'll be honest. I, I wouldn't know how to book them out of this. I think they're booking themselves into a corner. Um, what happens if they trade with victories, what does that do for Strowman? But I, I, I don't think I don't think they have Strowman lose though. Oh, okay, good. Well, I hope so too. Because if Strowman's going to Lesnar the next month, then it, it makes it doesn't make sense for him to lose to to well, Reigns. Unless it's an ambulance match, so Strowman doesn't even have to get pinned. If you have Lesnar come out, beat the shit out of Strowman, and throw Strowman in the ambulance, do something like that. Yeah, Roman gets the win technically, but you know, really, it's yeah. to set that match up, but. Brock doesn't come cheap. I, you know, the, here's the thing with Brock. I love Brock, and I, 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 I think uh, he adds so much whenever he's on. But why the hell did they waste all those appearances before WrestleMania where he would come out after the show fighting with the big show and wasting his appearance on that as opposed to now that he's WWE champion and he's not on TV at all? When, I didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, he was doing, he was doing it for like a month. Wow. And then he was doing like some dark, sh- you know, I mean, some house show matches against the big show. Uh, oh. He did one against Kevin Owens. So they wasted all these appearances when the plan was for him to win the title. And then he's just gone. So it just makes That's no sense to me. That is very interesting. Would, would you guys be upset if they kept, would you guys be upset if they kept Roman Reigns off of pay-per-view for just a month to really sell these injuries? Because I kind of feel like that might be the way to bring him back to a fighting chance is sell it that anybody I think that's taken a beating like that should be off the pay-per-view or two. I don't care if it's Roman or anybody. I think it's good for that talent. You yeah. don't give any opportunities to get legit sympathy in this business. It's a work. The cat's out of the bag. Everybody knows it's a work. So when there's an opportunity to blur the line, as far as somebody being, you know, a little bit screwed up, you can say what you will. 
Roman Reigns was spitting blood up on the wall, and that looked very real. Whether it was or not, I don't care. I thought it looked the part. And, and that's very hard to do in today's day and age. So you better milk it for all it's worth by having homeboys sit home and be hurt and giving us a report on how he was doing, that kind of thing. I don't know, something. But not back on TV right away. Yeah, the, the problem with that they have is they need to sell live event tickets. And Roman is kind of their top guy on, on well, Raw right now. Then you know what? Guess what? They don't see the bigger picture because they'll sell even more live event tickets the more over he is. The more over he's going to be is the more sympathy he's able to get because he's not getting it right now. Hey, I, yeah, I agree. But th- th- that's why this seems like the type of angle you should do when, when they're taking off for a few months, when they, you know, like they're filming a movie or doing whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I'm sure Roman I, will be back next week. Speaking of that, how but, has he not done a movie yet? You talk about movie star good looks. Like who, how is this guy not in a movie yet? I'd almost think WWE wants to keep him away from movies because, you know, like you, <laughs> that's why they're giving He's it to Bo old. Dallas and, and uh, uh, Curtis Axel right now. They don't want to lose someone to Hollywood. Okay. That's just my, I'm just, well, I, I have no idea. Looked, that's just my guess. Say what you will. If you don't know who The Rock was and you looked at Roman Reigns, who do you think looks better? You don't know either anything about either one of them. Physically, who do you think is a more attractive leading man if you look at both guys? You don't know anything about either one. You're you're talking The Rock twenty years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, The Rock twenty years ago versus Roman Reigns now. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'd go with Reigns now. He's a better looking. He's a better looking athlete. You could see why chicks dig him. Um, today's day and age is is weird, so guys don't want to be him right now for some weird reason. <laughs> but uh, I think as if I was like a producer, like I'd be all over this dude as my as as one of my stars. I, I'd love to. Do whatever it took to, you know, to groom him, get him ready, and make him a star because he looks like a movie star in every sense of the word. He looks like that dude from – do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah. He looks like that uh, Khaleesi's uh, – what's his name, Drago? Or... 100%, bro. Yes, yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. That dude's bad. All right, let's get, let's get <laughs> back digress. on track here. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we go from what felt like was a Seth Rollins Finn Balor Universal Championship match to a number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship. I thought Dean Ambrose was a little cheeky here, uh, but Miz once again he sold it where he basically said, "Under me, it was prestigious. Under you, Dean, it wasn't even on the last pay per view." I love that line. I do and don't. I do because. They always shoot on Miz that he can't wrestle and they make fun of him all the time. I'm glad he got to shoot back finally on, on, on one of these guys about something. But the downside is it shits on the title. Whoever, why wasn't the title defended? It doesn't matter who has it. The title should have been defended on every day. Yeah, it just brings up the point and, and that just makes it look bad. We had, we had to make room for that House of Horrors match, guys. <laughs> what do you mean? Ugh. Oh, right. I like, <laughs> was, yeah, 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 and and for the Enzo and Cass match. <laughs> uh, let's move on. We get a cruiserweight match with Swan, uh, Jack Gallagher. You got uh, was it Taz Tuazaka? Tazaka? I keep I butcher his name. Tazawa. Tazawa. There we go. Tony Nese, uh Brian Kendrick, and Nomadar. Uh, no, This was a match. There, yeah, thanks. Uh, I hate that guy. Look. Yeah, <laughs> this was a match. Uh, it was it was good uh, to me. It, this was the start of the end. It really just started get feeling like we were in quicksand this Monday Night Raw, and man, this, this started the boy. It was tough to keep my eyes open for let's this just Raw. Get, let's, and, let, let's just let's just get to the point. This is the point. It's they put this. They they screwed up. They went back and they put the cruiserweights. And they treated them just like they, they were treating them for the longest time. And we've gotten our hopes up, Raj, about how they're treating cruiserweights differently now because of, you know, Austin Aries and, and uh, you know, Neville getting a little bit spotlit in the division a little bit better, a little bit more time, a little bit better placement on the card, which is important, you know. So I was hoping, hoping and crossing my fingers that they would use that. Granted, the other guys aren't as good as these two. I understand that. But I was hoping they'd kind of use it as part of the fun blueprint to say, why don't we do this with some other guys like in the cruiserweight division? Why don't we watch where we put this damn stuff on the show? Because where we where we were bookending it, it doesn't work. The crowd sits on their hands. They're exhausted. They don't care about these people. Um, yada, yada, yada. It just feels like they're back to where they started with, 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 with where they put them on the show. Yeah, it, 
we've we've said this many times it's it, when you just throw them all out there it just shows that you don't care <laughs> and you know with me when i'm uh i can't get into these multi-person uh cruiserweight matches even though the action was great but it m- means nothing so you're just watching cool moves and flips for a little while for something that means absolutely nothing so and they've been doing this for way too long now usually a big guy my my you know a bigger tall wrestler like me in my spot or my position rather would say something along the lines like you know i don't like to watch these guys do their spots i wish they toured more rich psychology told more stories in the ring i'll be the first to tell you i'm a huge fucking mark for watching these dudes do their high spots sometimes because i don't care about them these these entertain me with some flip-flop and flying for a few minutes yeah I know that's a horrible thing to say, but but but, but at least get, give the match a purpose, give it a reason. You know, that, like you're that's just throwing these guys in. There's no story. It's just these guys not, are just wrestling. Here's the thing: if they're, if they're not going to if they're not going to give you guys the story, and you're not going to have the balls to go out there and tell your own story, which Brian Kendrick's definitely smart enough and capable of doing. Um, and he does it whenever he gets the opportunity to. He'll pick a body part. He'll work it. He does try to tell a story. The rest of them don't. So when that happens, at least, guys, if you're watching this, do some moves. Do some high, impressive moves. At least entertain me. Yeah. You know, if, if you're not going to have any type of storyline, at least do some flip-flop flying, some crazy triple Lindy flips off the top of the arena to entertain Matt Morgan. Because the rest of this stuff is garbage, and it's hard to watch. And it's not their fault. It's, again, it's creator's fault for not making us care about these guys. Yeah. This had the feel of a rain delay in a baseball game, and you go right out of it into the seventh inning stretch and take me out to the ball game. And then when the baseball finally starts, you're just you're you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah, that's a good analogy. I know you took a long Thanks. time to think that one up. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you you bought me some time with the triple Lindy comment. I, I that was good. Uh, we get Sheamus and Cesaro come out with their new looks. I like the look, guys. Uh, that border kind of borderline biker look. Uh, they basically come out and you know do the whole "we never like the fans" and you know Cesaro tried too hard stuff. Uh, they bag on the Hardy Boys a little bit. Once again, quick saying this could have been way better than it. It, it off. It, it it was slow. It was ill paced, and they seemed like they were pushing a little bit too hard to try to get that ill point of view across to us. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. You know, at least when you turn heel, at least have a reason. So at least they had something. Um, I thought Matt's promo was pretty bad when he came out. Oh, awful. It's like unbroken Matt. You forget, like, you know, his his previous WWE run. His promos aren't that good. I mean, they, they, they were... They're very interesting and different when he's the broken character. But when he's not, it was uh, it was pretty bad. Yeah, all he does is throw his hand up in the air and do his V1 gimmick. It's pretty boring compared to what we've seen him do, right? Yeah, and at least they did the delete thing and they went out. But uh, we'll have to see how they inc- – if, if if and when they incorporate that, uh, we'll have to see how they do it because WWE doesn't always uh, – y- y- just look at the NWO. They had the biggest angle uh, you know, in wrestling history and what they did with that. So um, we'll have to wait and see. Did they buy the gimmick or or no? Because I kind of heard, you know, they did, and then maybe they didn't, and I don't know. I don't think anyone knows right now. Rebby Hardy says they didn't. They did not. Okay. That was that was the last I heard of it. Rebby Hardy is basically was, saying they own it and they don't need to buy it. Is pretty much what they're saying. Okay. But but I don't see how that's possible because it did happen on impact television. And no matter what you create and you know, we've said this about WWE, WWE won't allow Cody Rhodes to use Rhodes, you know, which dusty Rhodes was using Rhodes way before he was ever with. Hasn't he been calling? Hello? No, he's Cody. Yep. He can he can be Cody Rhodes on indies where it's not on television, but on Impact and ROH, he's just Cody. But when they put him, his wife's name is Brandy Rhodes, so they can call them Cody and Brandy Rhodes to get around it. <laughs> but he can't be called Cody Rhodes, so they just call him Cody. That's so cheesy and just that's so small, you know. Yeah, I, no. I get protecting your intellectual properties. I understand that, and I, under, I understand the importance of it. 
you know, but at the same time, like there's certain, there's certain streams that you guys, you know, I wish they would just go, okay, the Dudley boys, they came up with that and ECW, let's let them go be the Dudley boys. Cause that's who they are before they came to us. But no, they had to be team 3d and they held that on, you know, I, I, that's when it started. When I really started noticing it being a little chintzy. Yeah. But, but that's the way it is. So I, that's why I can't see impact just giving up that gimmick because it was done on their television. I don't know, you know, their contracts. I don't know if they had something that uh, allowed him to keep anything that intellectually that he came up with. But I, I you know, we'll see. We we haven't seen a, the gimmick yet, so who knows? Matt, let me ask you this question: In all your years of wrestling, with this kind of protection for people's intellectual property. Have you ever seen a wrestler have a good idea like that and choose not to say anything about it because they're afraid that the company may own it? Oh, good question. Um, me, because the blueprint, um, you can't copyright it. It's a, it's a thing. It, it, you know what I mean? Um, it's my moniker, per se, but it's something that can't be copyrighted and trademarked um, is what I found out. Um, but... Uh, I'm trying to think of other guys. It's like, not that I can remember, but that's a great, you know, that's a great question. I'm sure there has to. Be. I would just um, think you wouldn't want to, because if you have a chance to become a star, you're, you're just like, let's you use it. it. You take it, you know, even you, if you, they own yeah. it. I think it's somebody that's already a star that maybe has another idea, you know, and then maybe pulls back from it. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I was always kind of scared of using the genetic. I've never really used it much, but, of introducing the genetic giant as one of my monikers as well. And then, you know, I was always kind of holding on to that if I ever went back to WWE, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I never went back. So um, I started using it at TNA, but like at first, when I first went to TNA, I never put that out there at all, you know? And then when I started doing it to 2010 or 2011, they put it on t-shirts and crap like that. But you, you know what I'm saying? There was a hesitation at first, yeah. All right. Let's move on. We get a Miz segment backstage where he's basically talking about how he's preparing for the match. The camera pans away, comes oh, back. Can I, say, can I say something real quick before I forget? Yes. This is, this is funny. When, when, when I got released from WWE, at the same time Mark Jindrak did, we did this show called Mark and Matt Live. Uh, it was an internet show that we, the camera, we had these four camera guys that would follow us to Japan, um, everywhere, indie shows, screwing around, going to nightclubs, drinking, doing whatever. You know, uh, and it was a pretty funny show, but uh, it was really expensive to run. And uh, <laughs> we got a season desist from WWE where they actually told me I keep, about my name, Matt Morgan. Really? And I was like, we, we had to send something back. We're like, that's his real name. You know, I mean, this is his birth certificate. His name is Matthew Morgan, you know. Um, so I wonder if they do that just as a way to intimidate people. Like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop using that. You know, without anybody really calling their bluff on it, you know, they, I, I haven't heard them doing that with people's real names very often. But I did hear it right around that time because there were so many of us that got released on that like Black Friday or whatever the hell it was called many, many uh, years ago, wow. 2005. And um, yeah, like I want to say <sighs> Chuck Palumbo. No, there's a couple others too. They're, they're just trying to like shoot names. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. That, then that's that's probably when they started changing everybody's names. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. I, I well, one thing real quick about this Miz backstage promo. Do you think Miz of all the full time guys? So I'm not counting John Cena, uh, the guys that are full time uh, week in week out. Do you think he's the best promo guy in the company right now? How? how yes. Who, who's better? Yeah, I can't. I can't think of anyone. He's money. He is money. Um, God, he's can't. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. Oh, I would even, in, in my opinion, I think he's better than John Cena. The, the way he adapts and changes, and he, not not uh, one promo is ever the same. I, I'm when sorry. C, when I mean, Cena when Cena turns it on, I, I feel like there's no one no one better. But uh, he's got hokey fire, man. I don't know. Maybe because I've seen the same Cena promo so many times. It's hard to buy. He's very good. Like people think, like when he fires up, right, and becomes ultra baby face, angry John Cena. And it's—I I always think it's kind of phony. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, to me, it just seems like a superstar uh, kind of promo as opposed to a funny, entertaining promo. Uh, when Cena wants to do it. But again, if we're competing Miz with Cena, that's pretty high praise. It is. I just think, I think, I honestly think that Miz all around is a little bit more adept. I think he can handle multiple different types of promos. Yeah. Slightly better. Let me ask you this then. Uh, in 10 years after The Miz retires, do you think we'll talk about The Miz being one of the greatest of all times after he retires? Because now we, we can't appreciate it. What? But you don't think so? Right. I, wish, I wish we could I'm say just that. asking. No, it will not happen. <laughs> no. No? His, the body uh, just it out there. Itself. He's good on promos, but unless he has an incredible run over the next 10 years, no. He's got to have, yeah. He's got to have another world title run. Um, and a real God. world title run, not one where you're a transitional champion. Right. Yeah, he can't slip a banana peel that rock throughout in front of him. He slips and lands on John Cena for three seconds and wins the match. So, you know? But I, I will say this. I think Miz is a better promo than Bray Wyatt. We haven't gotten to that yet, but. <sighs> oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. I take back my comment. All right. All right. Let's get, we'll get to that in a minute. All right. All right. So we so we get a quick uh, Ms. Bexig segment where it turns out Dean Ambrose is standing there holding the mic. Uh, Kesarasara, let's move on. Apollo Cruz defeats Heath Slater, and I got to tell you, I'm really digging this Titus O'Neil as a manager thing right now. This Titus brand, if he could get another wrestler or two, I could I could really go along with this storyline because I'm I'm finding myself going, I miss an old school manager. And Titus is really kind of giving me that right now. I, I mean, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. I, I, it gives them something, and uh, you know, I'd Why like to see Apollo. Something? I'd like to see Apollo be a heel, and if Titus kind of turns him in that direction, then at least it's something. And when he hits his high stuff, he's got to show off like no business. Like, Billy Gunn's really good at that. Um, the argument is when you're a heel, you got to stop doing the fancy crap in the ring. If you can do anything fancy, like move set wise, you got to really, you know, not do it. And if you do, you got to make a huge deal about how great you are. Billy Gunn was really excellent at doing that. And he would be very wise to watch some of his stuff. Um, because if he's a heel, I still want him to do all his stuff, but then he's got to saunter around the ring bragging about that crap for five minutes at a clip. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like what Neville does, right? He'll do a lot of his yes. stuff, but but when he's going for the uh, the shooting star press, or I mean the the, the red arrow, he just uh, you know get down and not do it, you know. Or he'll pull it away, as I say, or he takes it away from the fans. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Neville but, is freaking great. Dude. I can't say that enough. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's really found his stroke right here with being a hill. But uh, Paulo Cruz goes over. He's Slater. Then we get Kurt Angle coming out. Uh, he's he's kind of gets into some talking, and Bray Wyatt shows up. Uh, Bray Wyatt basically says he's here as a savior. You know, uh, Kurt, you can either walk with me or get out of my way. Kurt basically says this is my show. Uh, you know, just remember that. I don't know what you have planned, and this this is okay. Uh, but a bad placement. The show was already running through quicksand for me. Uh, normally, I love a good Bray Wyatt promo. This just didn't do anything much for me. Yeah. All right, Matt. I, let's get into it. You say you think Bray Wyatt's a better promo than The Miz? I think ultimately who is part of a good promo is also who is who makes you believe more with in their character. Okay? And I don't think anybody can touch Bray Wyatt as far as who has a better hold on their own character. But he does not do a, a single thing to make me care about who he's wrestling or the feud that he's in. I don't it's think always it's like serpents happen. and and yes, this and that. You. Whereas Miz, you know, it's getting personal. It's it's bringing up right. personal stuff. And and no, Bray, right. it's been the same promo for four years. Man, um, <laughs> you can say the same thing about Jake Roberts. No, 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 no. Jake, Jake would personalize it to the to the opponent. Bray is talking about you so know, dragons and, 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 and hell and, and the birds and coming to get you. Nothing you, – you rarely hear the wrestler's actual name in the promo. It's all this weird crap. <laughs> and, and, and look, I think his delivery is great. It's just been done for so long, and it, you just come out of it like, 
what the hell was the point of that? What, what, what is that supposed to get me excited for? Because his, I, I don't know. I, I'm a fan of someone with a character. We bitch and moan that there's no characters. Here's a dude who's entrenched in a character, you know, and you're making fun of him. That's everybody's prerogative. You ain't the only one. I know tons of fans do. Um, Jerry the King Lawler almost did the other, uh, on, on the post uh, pay-per-view Monday Night Raw gimmick uh, last night. You know, talking about, oh, I was hoping not to hear any corny, you know, spooky monster music, you know, on the, on the thing. And I was like, oh, geez, that's exactly what it was. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm a, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm rooting for him. Maybe. I, I don't know why. I just, I just think he's a better. Okay. To be a good promo. Yes, you are correct. You have to be able to do the what, where, and the why. Right. You've got to get all those points established and get your opponent over in the process and make people pay to either want to see them beat you or, or um, you know, or, or see, see them do well and kick your butt all over the place, you know, and um, or, or, or the conclusion to your beef with that said opponent. That's the important part of a promo. And Miz is better at that. You're absolutely correct. But, I think I think a braid can just tweak it some to where it makes a little more sense. It's not as much <laughs> of the out out you know, the horror stuff. I, I think it, it it would work better. But I but maybe. I and I and I get your point, Matt, because he does deliver it perfect. You would think that's how he is in real life because it you know it's not it doesn't feel like he's acting. It feels like that's who he really is. But it doesn't get me excited about his matches. I'll say this. It almost feels like you can tell when he's excited about something because his best work was when he hyped that Undertaker match all by himself. He he had me entertained, and I, I really felt like he was excited. And then during this Randy Orton stuff, it just felt like he was going through the steps that he just couldn't wait to you go, go on something, something else. You want to hear something crazy? He shoot loves he loved that storyline in real life. Loved that storyline. Both of them did. Bray, Bray and Undertaker? No, Bray and Randy. Bray and Randy. Oh, no, they did. And that was – all right. I'll leave like it alone. That's, that's a ri- – <laughs> huh? I think that was the worst, uh, like, upper card storyline in years. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say worse. I think it had the most potential. Because, you know, one of my all-time favorite storylines is one of the worst – uh, in, in history, I, it hit me at the right time was the Black Scorpion stuff. And what? It, the old, oh, I, dude, I was a kid. You have I, to I, was into it. I was into it. I, but until, I was into the Andre Body Slam Challenge versus John Studd. So, okay. Got but yeah, that was awesome, too. We, we, we all had our one storyline that we loved. But there's a difference. Horrible, you know, you're bringing up these storylines that the fans in the crowd were cheering and going crazy for, too, at the time. It's not like... Everyone booed it. We loved it, and we remember it fondly. And like this stuff with Orton and Wyatt, everyone's crapping on it now. It's not like 15 years from now they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, that was actually pretty cool." Yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? Maybe different. It, it, I was just thinking. We, we are a cynical. We are a cynical era right now. We're, we're in one. Yeah. It's very. Right. Cynical. Let's it's very negative more times than not. I'm not saying us here on the show are, but in general, we are. Yeah. Let's go back to this Kurt Angle uh, promo. At the very beginning, he said something interesting, and I want to ask you, Raj, if this was a work or real thing, but he said Braun Strowman suffered a torn rotator cuff last no, night. No, those are all worked in injuries. Okay. Because remember just, they did the post-match that. thing with the him getting hit in the ambulance or whatever. So right. it, it's all, it's all storyline. That's good. You that was a pretty brutal mark. match. I, it was good to keep Hang them on, both let's, off. Let, let's hit him with you, Mark. <laughs> Go! I deserve it. I deserve it. I I had to ask. That's the dude. That's the best. I would love to be able to be legitimately, um, you know, believe in something. That's a work. That's the best if you're able to get that. As a fan, I still I, believe in Santa Claus. I, I remember when uh, Shawn Michaels collapsed. Do you remember that time when that match with Owen Hart? I thought that was as legit as it got. Same here. I was all concerned. I was worried. I was, you know, <laughs> for real. Like, What's going to happen? It's, it's the best when they can get you. I, I agree. Um, all right, let's move on. We have a pictures of me. You guys see that? What's that? Nothing. <laughs> I think he's excited about his physique. Go ahead. Pictures. Uh, let's move on to another backstage segment with Dean Ambrose channeling his inner 1980s, early 1990s WWF uh, interviewer. 
He interviewed Seth Rollins, which I thought this was great. This this was great because it it brought up old tension. They both were faces, but in in this interview, it didn't seem that way. It seemed like there was a lot of old hostility that still needs to be hashed out in that ring. Son of a b! Wait, I, I missed that. Wait, what was it? He it, Dean Ambrose in, interviewed Seth Rollins like he was uh, like he was Mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go back and watch that. How the hell did I miss that? Oh, yeah, man. it was great. I thought this was one of the true highlights because he basically Dean Ambrose says, you know, if you win this, do you think you could take my title? He's like, yeah, I think I could take it. And a little bit more back and forth. I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought so too. I feel I, I, I feel like Seth um, is still missing a step as a baby face. Oh, but. Can I say something? Um, I forgot. Sure. Seth Lounge promo tonight. Now that you bring it up, Raj. I did not feel that that was scripted one bit about about uh, stepping, you know, people trying to make himself very relatable in what he was saying. I found what he said incredibly relatable. How when things suck in life, how we all just want to curl up in a ball and just stay the entire weekend in your bed. You do not want Monday to come. You don't want to face with that crap that's coming with your job or school or whatever. And yeah, you better yeah. just tune out the world, right? Like, I bought into that hook, line, and sinker. Um, I felt every word he said. It was not a pro. That was not a written out promo. I, I, I'm almost positive that that was not word for word written out it, for him. It yeah, it definitely didn't seem forced. He didn't feel like he was. Yeah, it seemed like he was using his own words for sure. I really believed in what he was saying, and the crowd was with him because he's talking to him. You know, yeah. so, you know, like he was talking to them. It was it was a much different promo for him. He was he was speaking. It felt like a conversation back and forth with him and that audience. And when you're able to do that, that's a that's usually a money promo. I'm not saying this was some world beater CM Punk promo here, okay? Some you know, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be. He needs to continue cutting promos like that, where he's becoming, where he's relatable as a babyface and likable as a babyface, and we need to know a little bit more about him as a babyface. And that's how you get there by being real on the mic when you get an opportunity. Yeah. I, I I agree. You can definitely tell and relate with these guys. Let's move on. Austin Aries defeats TJ Perkins by submission. After the match, uh, TJ Perkins attacks Austin Aries again. Meh. The, once again, this is just one of those things that I thought was a great match. You knew Perkins is really pushing this heel turn. That the, It is what it is. What are you asking? Do I like just, the heel turn or is this what it is? I was just setting it up. I mean, if be, I, I you think, can chime in. Sorry. I, I think uh, I swung in there. Sorry. Um, um, Perkins as a heel is better than he was as a face, is I guess all I can come up with. Um, he, he was very forgettable as a face. Yeah, and still kind of corny wearing cartoon T-shirts, but that's not his fault. That's their fault. Um, the match was awesome. I love the match. Um, and, and what else is there really to say? You know, everything else is somewhat uncreative. But some of it's also on him. He's in that backstage pre-tape area, cutting a promo with um, what's his name, Neville. It, it, there's a big difference. Did you not see that? And it's not. And I don't want to hear well, Neville's being really intense and overly heelish right now. So that's the difference. No, one is confident and one is not, and it is very black and white to me. Yep, Rush. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It, I it. it it was just there for me. They've been, they've, Filler. you know, they've, they've, they've faced each other so many times already. Uh, TJ Perkins needs to get rid of that music, you know, as a heel and coming to that tap, that Qbert soundtrack has got to go. It's brutal. Yeah. When was the last time yeah. someone said Qbert? I bet you it's been a while. Dude, I, I would have said Mario Brothers. I ain't too far. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Dean Ambrose asks Finn Balor in a backstage interview if he's nervous. Uh, Balor says he's not. Uh, we get an Ambrose uh, comedy act where he basically hands Finn a donut, says eat the carb. Balor takes a bite and shakes it off and moves on. So uh, it, we get a drifter sighting in this too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this going to be like Emma where it's just – teased for six months and then they change his gimmick 
I don't, I don't, I, that'll be the best. I don't see how this guy fits on the show. Where does he fit on the show? He better not be taking I, I don't care. Boy Joe. I like what he's doing. I, I, you know, if he keeps doing this, I like it. I think this is funny. Who, okay, take somebody's space out. You take an end zone Kaz out. Who are you taking out? On a I don't basis. think you have to take anybody out for what he's doing you now. absolutely do. There's only so much room and so many segments, so many minutes per segment. You know what would be pretty no, cool I, is is one day backstage, he's drifting around and just nails somebody upside the head with the guitar. He's he goes, drifting around. But, but then he goes all honky-tonk, man. You know, just bam, so while someone's being interviewed. That would be that would be pretty awesome, but, actually. But that's so, come on. But what obvious. he's doing. Is that obvious? Is that an obvious thing for him to do? No? Not if, yeah. oh, not if like six weeks he hasn't done anything. Then you might not see it coming. Backstage. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what 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 he's doing now, just walking through other people's interview segment, he's not taking a spot away from anybody. Nobody else is doing that. That's not what I'm saying. When it's time for him to come to TV and be a character, an on-air personality, whatever you want to call it, he's got to take somebody's spot. Who's? I, you know, I don't know who's, no but I like the... Well, Dallas don't get no airtime. <laughs> but but I like the fact that they're setting him up for people that don't watch, you know, NXT. Uh, you know, they're they're really starting to. This is old school building of a character, one block at a time. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see how he does if he's worth it. I mean, because if you know, as we've seen, if you suck, you're you're on superstars or whatever main event now. But, well, um, hey, hey, Raj. Um, what was the name of his character in NXT when he came back as uh, Tra- <laughs> Bando or something like that? Yes, that character would be so over, and that's what he needs to do. That's the biggest reaction he's ever gotten. They should have stuck with that somehow. But that's because they knew the Drifter first. If he just randomly came out as El, El Vagabando. Yes. Is, that, is saying that right? Yes. El, Vag- El Vagabando? Anyway. Vagabond. Vagabondo. <laughs> The word is vagabond, right? Va- so it's from that word. Yes. Right. Well, listen, no, you're right. So they give him one or two, two, one or two weeks of he's the drifter in a match, <laughs> some crap like that, and have nobody cares about him. And uh, yeah, you're right. How does he get kicked out of Raw and then come back to that? I don't know. Somehow it's got to happen because that thing is hilarious. Did you hear uh, Cody Rhodes was talking about how he uh, someone pitched the idea of him being uh, Cody Rhodes on Raw and Stardust on SmackDown? And he was going to do, but when they did the brand split, and then uh, no, I didn't. It, it, it's on the site. You should check it. I think it was that would have uh, been cool. Yeah, and but the, I'm guessing you know. So he said one person higher up shot it down. Um, but you could do that with uh, the Drifter. I'd do him be the Drifter on Raw and El Vagabando on SmackDown. But I, th- I think we've yeah. talked about Drifter for way too long. <laughs> All right, guys. DDPY Yoga has changed countless lives, and many more on the past and current roster has benefited immensely from it. Guys like Jake the Snake Roberts, Scott Hall, Chris Jericho. Have you seen Mick Foley lately? Well, you can try DDPY Yoga. Have you seen AJ Styles? Yeah, have you seen AJ Styles lately? Yeah, we were going to talk about AJ here, too. They have this awesome Max Pact, which is also used by AJ Styles, Mick Foley. Tons of other superstars are using it. DDPY Yoga for a limited time, you can get the DVDs for 25% off. You can get three-month full access to DDPY Yoga Now app. And if you're only into the digital, you can just get the DDPY Yoga app for 25% off. You can also buy the Max Pack or Combo Pack for 25% off. You can get 50% off the second one. If you sign up at ddpyyoga.com backslash wrestling inc, ddpy has changed many more lives, as I said, uh, current and roster. Just check it out. Go to ddpyyoga.com backslash wrestling inc. All right, guys. You look at Chris back. Jericho. His, uh, you know, he's he's about to take off, but this this run probably wouldn't have happened without DDP Yoga. Nope. Um, I mean, he he flat out said his back yep. he couldn't he couldn't do it, and he, he went to DDP. DDP put him on the program, and you know he's had the best run that he's had. So i you know it it and with AJ Styles when he, you know his back was so jacked in Japan and and. He's putting on five star matches and argue, arguably the best wrestler in WWE right now. So not arguably is. Yeah, Nakamura is up there too. 
you're high. He cannot touch AJ all around. No way. Nakamura's money, but he's no AJ. I'm sorry. AJ could work anybody and get them over. Nakamura cannot do the same. All right. That's a good point. All right. Forget the <laughs> all right, argument. We get another- the best. Can we talk about, hey, there's another, we have another uh, sponsor that we want to talk about. It's called Hooked on Phonics that my friend over here is going to go get so he can read the damn stuff correctly. <laughs> You're right. Look, I had off a small phone. My bad. Hey, it's a lot better than last week, okay, pal? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, last week was brutal. Listen, last week it was the worst live read ever. This week was a little bit better. DDPyoga.com slash wrestling ink. It works. And it's one of those that sometimes – if you feel your life is out of balance and you just you just can't get motivated, you just, things are you know you're just not uh, not where you want to be. Sometimes a workout program, getting in the gym, oh, DDPY. I mean that could be for you, and it's definitely worth a shot, especially with the deal that they got going on right now. So DDPYoga.com/slash wrestling ache. What Raj says. Yeah, thanks, Raj. Uh, let's move on. Gold Dust Our Truth tells uh, Kurt Angle again they. They want to try out challenge the Hardy Boys. Kurt Angle basically says what everybody was thinking. Your win loss record does not warrant it. Goldust says <laughs> do it. That was awesome. Yes, it was. We were all waiting for it. I I think we even talked before about how how do these guys just come out and challenge? But thank you, Kurt Angle, for at least calling them out on that. Yep. But it was good. Uh, uh, Goldust says they'll do whatever it takes to prove themselves. Uh, let's see. Angle gives them an in and this, then tells them there'll be a tag team turmoil match next week. Winner becomes a number one contender for the Raw Tag Team Champions. They're in. Uh, listen, I think one of these two are taking the pin in that match. That's just my opinion. No yeah. no way they win, right? I, th- I think they do. Uh, who wins? Who? I, I think uh, 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 R-Truth and Goldust. You know no what? Weird things have happened. Who I happened? mean, who, who 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 are they wrestling? Did they say? That I didn't hear. Are they really going to jeopardize putting four older talents, if you will? You know, in the ring well, like that. Well, this is for a match on Raw, right? Did did they say it was for a pay per view match? Or I thought it's to get who faces the Hardys. Yes, it's but it could be for the contender. next week on Raw. So it's taking a chance putting four guys by Golden Truth winning. Those two against the Hardys. You have four older statesmen, if you will, in the ring, and no new talent initiative, no no new no young fresh faces involved in their top tag team angle. Yeah, yeah but if it's a throwaway it. match one week on Raw, it's I mean, what's the alternative? You've seen all the other ones already a, a I, I bunch of times. I'm trying to think of their lot. I'm trying to whenever I say these things, I'm trying to think <laughs> what <laughs> I think they're thinking. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Well, the right. good news is. Between the four of them, there's over 320 years of wrestling experience in the ring. That's well, how old they are. Well, I'm, I, I mean, I'm younger than them, but not by much. So, like, I, I can't be talking smack. So, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to think of it as <laughs> the WWE, their whole, oh, you've got to be under 25 years old and da 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 da, da you know, kind of crap. Do you, do you feel like this is Raw trying to play catch up with SmackDown, doing something that they're doing with uh, Jinder Mahal? No, Jinder Mahal's still young, man. He's still young, even though he's been there for a while. But as far as I just someone mean, from a, a like an an O and fifty record to put him in a title yeah. match, because I don't think no. Golden Truth has won a match on television. No, because uh, both of those two have main evented before in singles acts. Those two have been over already as singles acts. That they're not even similar to him whatsoever. Win loss record, okay, maybe I could see that. But as talents, it's not even debatable. Like Ginger came out of nowhere. Yeah. Those two were stars, especially Stardust. Stardust is a Hall of Famer. Goldust, yeah. What did I say Stardust? Jesus. Yeah. Goldust. <laughs> yeah. Hall of Famer, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up with a little bit of a main event action where we get the triple threat. Miz, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins. Uh, I thought this was a very entertaining match. This, they, they hit some rough spots in this Raw, but they finished up pretty strong, and I really like the ending, too. What'd what do you guys you- think? That mat, they tore the house down. That's yes. what I think of that match. I'm actually going to, after I'm done, I'm going to watch it one more time. That match was that good. I um, thought, yeah. sorry, sorry, go ahead, Matt. Just, just probably going to say, it was an incredible match. Great storytelling. I cannot believe that uh, Rollins ate 
Joe's, um, God, what do we used to call it? It's like Irinagi, um, on the freaking pads. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm. Those pads aren't, don't, those don't feel good. There's just yeah. a thump to it, man. That's, that just rattles your brain. But, um, well, that's why all those suicide dives to the outside when you see them and, you, and they barely hit them and, you know, you know, take most of the, they take most of the fall to those mats. You just, if you were just to fall on one of those mats right now, it hurts. It's not Hell a, yeah. it's not a, it's not a big cushiony thing. I'll give you, one time I did a, um, through a table, I went to do a leg drop from the top rope to the outside of the ring on Bubba Ray Dudley when he was a TNA with us. He moved out of the way. I went through the table. I crashed and burned. I landed on my ass and I literally took my disc, my 05 is no more. It, it shattered. Um, and I oh. those pads. The one can say, well, you went through the table. Well, the table softens the blow when you're heavier like me um, to a degree yeah. um, when you're coming off the top rope or something like that. So, dude, like, I have no more L5 because of that, that one leg drop, you know, and that's landing on the pads with the table to cushion it a little bit, you know, but those pads, I just to give you an idea that, sh- that, that sucks. There's no good, great bump out there. Yeah. No, I, but this match, this match I thought was just awesome. I thought it, I mean, it, it had the Miz in it, but it was better than Rollins hey. and Balor at SummerSlam. No, what I'm saying is uh, this was better than <laughs> Rollins and, and Balor at SummerSlam, but Miz wasn't in that match. He was in this one. So it's not apples to apples, but it still was better than their previous match. And uh, I, I thought this was great. I thought Miz was really good. I mean, the, the whole match. Hold I, his own. I don't know when he's going to get the respect. That he can go in the ring. I mean, guys like CM Punk bury him and say, you know, said crappy things about him over the years. And at, at the time, rightfully so. I mean, he couldn't hold a candle to Punk as far as in-ring action goes. But still, he's improved so much. I don't know when the guy's going to get his just due of improving so much from the well, fans. Like, yeah, because I feel like his matches have gotten a lot better over the past year. You know what there's I mean? Been, there's, been, there's been three significant improvements that I remember. I remember the ECW when he was hanging with Morrison, right when he he really started improving around that time toward the end of their tag team. Mm-hmm. Then I remember him improving when he became tag team champions with Big Show, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Remember that? He got really confident and really much better in the ring. And I'm noticing it again, I want to say maybe four times because I remember it again. I want to say last, no, this is the last time. You're right, about a year ago. This is last year. Yeah, I feel like as a where you're starting to hear and i hate that this is awesome chance but now you're starting to hear him in his matches where you wouldn't have before and like that match he had with dolph ziggler last year and uh he's he's coming around for sure and um he's getting there you know we were saying i don't see him being an all-time great or anything but if he's given the opportunity his his matches keep improving and uh he maybe gets a little more serious so he's not uh getting his ass kicked at the end of every Miss TV. Um, right. You know, it could be something. But another great thing with this match is you set off three big feuds. I mean, Samoa Joe and Rollins were already kind of feuding, but now you got Balor and Bray Wyatt kind of officially underway. I like that way better than Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose. And now oh, you got yes. Dean Ambrose and The Miz, which they've done. But, it, you know, at least it's something in The Miz, you know, he'll make it entertaining. I like I like. I mean, I don't know what it is. What's up with – let me ask you guys. What is the big thing about Dean Ambrose? I, I remember him as Johnny Moxley on the indies, and I'd watch some of his promos on YouTube. I think it was the Ring of Honor or some other indie companies. I, I was pretty blown away by his promos. I thought he was really entertaining and funny and very confident. He had a, he has a good, deep promo voice. You know, they always say Shawn Michaels has, like, this really deep voice. Kevin Nash is always like, I can't believe that big voice comes out of this little guy. I kind of feel the same way about, about uh, him. He has like this great promo voice, and he was a great promo on these these YouTube videos I saw of him. Um, but then when he came to WWE, I, I, everybody was like really into him, and I don't know what it is that you guys. How do you guys see him on the same level as 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 a Reigns and Rollins? I don't see, I don't get it. I don't anymore. But I, when the Shield used to cut those promos, and when Dean Ambrose would be talking, I thought he really stood out in he those did. Shield promos. And then yeah. once they split up, I I, I mean I see. Uh, Reigns and Rollins miles ahead of Dean Ambrose. And I don't know if it's Dean Ambrose being a baby face and trying to be too cutesy and with the the kind of corny comedy uh, and just yeah. needing to have more of an edge because he, he had that like grittiness and stuff when he was with the Shield. He did. And, and he really stood out. I thought he was like the uh, 
the breakthrough star. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I get the vibe. This is just like the uh, Stone Cold years where he was with Vince McMahon playing the banjo and trying to be all cutesy. This this oozes all that to me when I see him do all that stuff. That it's just slapsticky. But uh, Austin I'm, was I'm not, awesome when he did it, though. <laughs> and he had he had full but, control. But I'm, he wanted it. But I, I'm, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying that's the shtick. I kind of feel like Ambrose is going for He's, that. Would that yeah that really goofy comedy? Yes, Austin could pull it off because he already had that run as you know mm-hmm. as an established top superstar guy. Uh, Ambrose hasn't so, uh, and he I feel like it's still in there. And uh, he he needs he needs a heel turn bad or something. He needs to change his wardrobe. Yes. He just looks he just looks hungover all the time. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Well, Raj, what else do we have going on? Uh, I don't know. I think we've uh, I think we've gone pretty late. We're going to be back on Wednesday. Glenn will be joining us. He'll be back <laughs> to give us his SmackDown experiences and. Uh, I think we'll, we'll take a lot more questions on Wednesday because uh, we ran a little late tonight. Nobody cares about Glenn being at SmackDown. <laughs> so I want to reiterate that for the fifth time tonight. Oh, but they care about Glenn doing the DDP plug. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, Look I, I am the first one to say it. If I'm ever welcome back to host the Monday Night Show, Raj will do the plug, right? I think we're all right with that. Can yeah. we trust really me. Tr- why don't I ever get the opportunity to give these plugs ever? I know. I got. I never don't worry about it. They don't trust me. They don't trust me. They think I'm a little. I... <laughs> all right. All right. You got the next one, man. Please, I, please. give it to me. All right. You can't do any worse than me. All right, guys. So yeah, live show Wednesday, and uh, yeah, we got uh, a few weeks off from paper. You know, WWE pay per view. So. It's a little break, so uh, but still a bunch of stuff coming up on the site. I got my interview with Justin Roberts. The first part will be up, I think, tomorrow. Did you read his book yet? Yeah, I've been reading it. I'm, I'm about a quarter of the way through, but it's it's Send really it good. Send it to me when you're done. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll do. It, it's really good. <laughs> uh, can, can I just throw one thing in? If everybody's listening to this on iTunes, head over to iTunes. Please subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a comment. It helps wrestling podcasts move up in the algorithms in the rankings and we just like to see ourselves move up so i just asking you guys to do that it's free and it helps the podcast out a lot so and, please and, and, and dennis what, what, what do you got with your podcast this week with uh with pd williams we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about payback he i'm gonna prod him some more because you know they they kind of offered him a contract in tna and he's ho-humming about going back or not. So each week I kind of prod him and, and beg him to go back because that's the only way I'm going to get famous is right at his coattail. So. Tell him how he could never in a million years put me in a Canadian destroyer. Maybe ask him how, we, how would we be able to pull that one off. I, I will absolutely ask him that when we record in the morning. Absolutely. Cool finisher, by the way. I love this finisher. <laughs> He's so mad. I'm not coordinated enough to take it. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to just do a little payback review and uh, talk about how where we would go from there. All right, so check that on Wrestling Inc. On it'll be Thursday or Friday. That one will be up. All right, guys, everyone have a good night. We'll we'll see you next time.